What's up, guys? Welcome back in the fourth episode of the Social Impact Founder Talks. How are you doing? How is life? How is business? Um, this is the moment where we speak on a weekly basis with an entrepreneur talking about his life, her life, his or her business, and um, more specifically about how um, these people actually are creating impact in the world with what they do on a daily basis. And um, we are going to listen to their stories, um, how they became a social entrepreneur, and what their ambition is in the longer term. So the next 30 minutes will be amazing, will be awesome. We will bring a lot of value, hopefully. Um, if you have comments, questions, let us know, because that's really helpful uh, for creating the next episodes and also for selecting and inviting the next guests uh, in the podcast. Um, this uh, episode will be distributed on um, Apple, iTunes, um, on Spotify, and also on uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, also YouTube, I forgot YouTube as well. So if you're on YouTube, you will see it as well. You can watch the replays on most channels, basically. So um, so yeah, let's introduce our guest for today. Um, our guest for today is uh, William DiRico. Um, he is uh, currently based in Ecuador, he just told me, and he is the co-founder of uh, Pangea. What Pangea is, what he stands for, what he's doing, what his mission is, uh, that's uh, what he's going to tell you right now in this uh, episode. So I'll invite him immediately. Hi, How's William. Going, Hank? How's it going? Good Very to have good. you here, man. Uh, I was really looking forward to uh, having this talk with you uh, because uh, you uh, you send me all your information, uh, what you're doing, uh, I read everything on your website. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hear your story. Um, so yeah, let's maybe start by introducing yourself and, uh, and, and what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my name is William. I'm an American citizen and, uh, I traveled, um, for about a year, um, two years ago and met some, uh, other incredible people. And we, we, um, kept looking for like these beautiful places to go, maybe a little bit more, uh, off the beaten track, maybe places that people didn't necessarily know as much about. And, you know, on popular tourist places, generally the beach will be fairly clean or the location will be fairly clean. But as you get more off of the beaten track and more into these, uh, what in my opinion, even more beautiful locations because they're they're less like touched, they're less like corrupted. And you actually find there's even more trash because nobody's really cleaning these areas. You know, we, we found that in Latin America. I found that in places in uh, the United States even. And when I was in Hawaii, a lot of trash washes up in uh, Hawaii. And, um, and then in Southeast Asia as well. So it kind of became um, a mission of ours to see if we could uh, do something uh, about that. And uh, we formed a company called Pangea in which we sell uh, a biodegradable um, travel towel made from bamboo. And then some of those uh, profits uh, go to organizing uh, volunteer cleanups around the world. So our hope is to have these recurring monthly cleanups happening in every yeah. single country of the world, uh, you know, maybe three years from now is about where we place that goal. 
Yeah, so you discovered actually all the secret places uh, on this planet where people are uh, <laughs> storing the trash. Um, and that made you like, yeah, really frustrated. Uh, and you can imagine because I, uh, last time when I was in uh, Southeast Asia, I was also swimming uh, in the middle of plastic in the ocean. It was really uh, frustrating actually. So I can, I can really relate with that. Um, but can you uh, tell me also a little bit about um, your background? Uh, because it's it's not that you have some kind of experiences and then all of a sudden you decide, oh, now I'm going to become an entrepreneur and I'm going to start uh, a business uh, with this. So um, I'm interested to hear your story. What what did you do before? Um, and, and did you always have the idea actually to, um, to, to become a social entrepreneur, let's say? Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, the short answer to that is no. I, I studied science in college. Um, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a scientist. You know, people wanted mm -hmm. to be like firefighters and things like that. And I just wanted to be like a like a mad scientist. I had this like picture I drew of like the crazy white hair and like, you know, like a Doc and Marty situation. But um, so, I mean, I studied science uh, and was looking to go into healthcare. But, um, you know, I read some I read some books during college, uh, one that was really influential was the four hour work week um, yeah. and like the lean startup. And I realized like, oh, uh, entrepreneurship and business is really like science applied. It's just like science applied to the open market. So if you, if you can run experiments and you can stay impartial and just look at the data, um, you can be pretty decent at figuring out uh, what the next move is and what the best move is to keep the company viable. So um, I think when, when I saw the cross section of uh, what I love to do, which was traveling, I mean, that was probably the most amazing year of my life was when I was just going to different countries, living in different places. And I would stage in each place for quite a while. I mean, in Colombia for three months and I mean, Hawaii for only a month, but uh, Australia for four months and then in uh, Vietnam and Thailand for like three months. So um, okay. I feel like I feel like that experience really helped me realize, well, what what could I do that allows me to keep doing this, to keep um, traveling, supporting other people to have these kind of experiences where they integrate with local people and maybe spend their money locally like um and kind of supporting <clears throat> these local economies. I just loved that idea. And then also being able to make a difference in these communities who don't have maybe the resources or financial means to actually uh, properly manage their waste. Is, it was kind yeah. of like a cool cross-section that made me less interested, I would say, in uh, pursuing science further. But I, I would say it's like, I'm not I think it's not like I'm not a scientist. Maybe I'm just more of a scientist of the free market now rather than of, you know, uh, academia. So, yeah, yeah. And I could also read that you already uh, started some businesses before, but that, that didn't work very well. Uh, so yeah. uh, you already could, could learn actually from things that you tried that you hopefully now can do in, 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 in a way that it's uh, that, that you succeed with this mission, this new mission that you have, right? Yeah, I'd say it's it's all about like having a good team. I mean, some of the businesses I did before, I tried a couple just on my own, you know, small mm. ventures uh, by myself, just like buying and selling things. And um, then we started a company called Evolution Commerce with myself and four other friends. And um, I think 
we kind of lacked maybe that um, that like passionate desire, you know, where mm-hmm. with Angia, it's like at the end of the day, we're doing something we all feel very strongly in our hearts that we want to accomplish. So regardless of, um, you know, if there's profit coming in or not, or, you know, what's going on or, or who's getting along with who or who's working harder than someone else, it doesn't really matter because we're all in it. Um, we're all in the same goal. So I think it's really comes down to having a, a team of people that all believe in the the mission and and have enough autonomy to really go out there mm-hmm. and and think of what could be the next thing that is going to change the like the landscape of the company or what's going to you know cleanups was something that we you know maybe it was inspired I don't know but it it was something that wasn't really the focus of what we were doing and 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 now mm-hmm. is the primary focus of the way we can make the most impact and spread awareness. So having that kind of flexibility um, and allowing anyone to, to ha- allowing the answer to basically come from anywhere. Like we try to be as um, like as lateral as possible. Yeah. So it's like the idea can come from anyone from anywhere and anyone can ask anyone about anything. And I, I really like that. So I think it comes down to a lot of the team. Yeah. And the team now consists only of the founders, right? Or do you already have other people working for you? Um, so we just we just raised investment funding actually um, yeah. about about a month ago. So now we are looking to hire and expand and That's kind expanding. of scale the company. But um, up until a few months ago, it was pretty much uh, myself, uh, Marcos, and Juan, uh, the three of us. Yeah. Um, what are you looking for? This is uh, this may be the right moment now to uh, to tell the audience what you're looking for. Who knows? Uh, and you, uh, your new yeah, person is listening right now. Yeah, we're we're currently on the hunt for a uh, what we call a chief marketing officer, um, yeah. but really it's someone who can help us. Uh, I mean, as as we grow, there will be a team, and it will mature, and you will um, it will be more like a CMO role. At the moment, it's 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 you know mostly hiring freelancers and having this like building kind of a remote team, um, but essentially. Uh, building these channels like i mean how you're doing hank like how, building these building out like a youtube where we can share our content more efficiently because we have tons of cleanup footage that comes in from all our volunteers around the world so we need a uh, to have someone to help us better manage it uh, push it out in, in an effective way that people can consume and enjoy because um, we ran a survey recently between all of our uh, backers and yeah. the number one thing the number one thing they love from our project was the cleanups and they just want more of it. They want to see more of the content. They want to be a part of it more. So we're really mm-hmm. listening to that and, uh, and we want to lean into that. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're looking for someone who can kind of help us push our marketing more and push our content out in a more effective way. Yeah. Okay. Can you, uh, because apparently that's uh, one of the more, most uh, appealing parts in your whole uh, business is that the cleanups, um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? How how does it work? So we actually get approached for almost all of our cleanups. Um, so whenever I get an email that someone's interested in the cleanup, I direct them to the Instagram. And the Instagram itself generates a lot of interest in people doing cleanups as well. So we get approached usually is the, is the first step. Um, someone sends a message in uh, to our Instagram, says they want to do a cleanup in their city. So we basically have a checklist of um, all the things you have to do before starting a cleanup. And 
we send a package through the mail, which has uh, gloves, uh, some t-shirts. It has uh, some like informational content and, um, and some bags. And then we fund the transportation for anyone to any of the volunteers to go to the cleanup. We do a little bit of ad spend to get the event going. We do a little bit of uh, emailing at the moment where we email some people that we, we have an email list. So anyone who's in the area, we'll email them to kind of drive some interest. Um, and, and then we pay for the trash removal. So to have a, a truck actually come and uh, pick up all the trash um, and then sort it into recyclables and then uh, dispose of the things that are unrecyclable. So um, pretty much it's really just powered by volunteers and, and the interest and, and their hard work. And, and we're just kind of, what, how we think about it is we remove the friction. So the friction would be like, oh, well, I don't wanna go because I don't wanna pay for you know, the, the taxi to get there or I don't wanna pay for the transport. So we basically remove that friction. We remove anyone having to think about paying for the removal itself, which like, mm -hmm. who is that? Who's going to burden that cost? You know, like everyone's a volunteer. So it's like, who's, who's going to pay for something like that? So, and then we provide the, the bags and materials to actually remove and, you know, the gloves and, and right now during COVID the masks as well and sanitizer. So we, yeah. we just try to remove any kind of friction that would, um, that might prevent a volunteer from going. So, um, but it's really very grassroots based um, and it's just individuals who reach out to us that they feel there's trash near them. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we sell in 80, 85 countries, so we really have a, a completely global presence and um, people reach out to us and they say, hey, there's this dirty beach where I live. I'd love to uh, organize a cleanup and then we help support that. Okay, so and then um, they pick up all the trash and then it's transported in trucks and, and where does it go then? So we sort the recyclables into um, into the recycling facilities if available. Every country is completely different and they all have their own uh, different disposal systems. So it's hard for me to say there's like a one size fits all, but whenever possible, we, we sort the recyclables and direct those uh, to that facility and then um, the rest is put into a landfill that uh, can't be recycled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it has nothing to do with that you are going to using the plastic um, in your production process to create your uh, items. That's not what's happening, right? Because uh, everything you offer now, you're doing the towels, uh, yeah. or maybe tell, tell mm -hmm. it yourself, what, what actually, what products you're creating right now, um, and, and, and what do you think about in, uh, in the future as well? Yeah, so we, we actually just ran a survey and <clears throat> the survey I mentioned to all of our supporters, um, we had about 5,000 um, people back our project, fund us. And, um, and so I've been a little hesitant towards recycled plastic um, in terms of reusing it for new materials, because it almost seems like you're supporting the plastic industry in a way. But we did a survey to all of our supporters and overwhelmingly they support us um, using recycled plastic. So that's probably where we um, will go next. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know what that will look like. I mean, it makes our job a whole lot easier, really, because yeah. um, we, we kind of had this mantra of like, it has to be biodegradable. So there's no end loop. You know, there's no place where the where our items end up back up in the ocean. Um, but we'll see. We uh, we've got an idea right now. It's just a seed, a seed of an idea. Um, especially because yeah. I'm, I'm here in Ecuador 
that I don't know if you've heard there's like a like 250 boats that are floating in the international waters between the Galapagos and Ecuador. So we're trying to organize uh, cleanup right now in Ecuador and to kind of because in international waters, it's legal to dump really anything. Um, mm. so they're, they're dumping a lot of trash that is washing up on uh, the islands themselves. So uh, we really want to organize a cleanup there. And we've got um, a seed of an idea to maybe because on the Galapagos, they just burn all their trash. They, it, it's similar to the Maldives. When you're an island nation, you don't have the ability to, I mean, where are you going to put it? You know, there's no... Uh, mm there's no ability to put in a landfill. And if there's ever a big storm or a hurricane, all that trash comes out anyway. So, yeah. um, so anyway, they really burn their trash. So we have kind of this concept that we're feeling out that maybe we can collect trash in the Galapagos and then recycle it into a, um, into like a sustainable product. And that, that could be added to our line. So we're thinking about that. Um, but, uh, we'll see how it goes. It, who knows what the future will hold, but certainly we, we listen to what people want and um, we listen to our customers and the people who supported us from the very beginning, which was really incredible. So um, yeah, we definitely want to um, do what our customers are asking and, 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 and what kind of products they want. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. And what kind of products do you have right now? Right now our the only product we have that's a part of our like, fully sustainable lineup is the bamboo towel. We have a couple yeah. other uh, items we're experimenting with, um, but they're more like, I would put, maybe put them in the category of like merch, you know, maybe in the kind of merch model. Um, but what we're really looking to do and, and why we got the investment funding is to be able to, you know, it took us a, almost a year really to fully develop and launch the bamboo towel at scale because yeah. it, you know, something, anything can be done. I built the bamboo towel, you know, well, our team built the bamboo towel in, you know, maybe a month, but building it at scale took almost a year. So to be able to yeah. to produce it at, at, at any volume that we want is, is a totally different challenge. Um, yeah. So, so what we're hoping to do with this investment funding is, is, um, is generate more and more products and be able to invest time in research and development uh, of these things. So, um, that's all in the pipeline essentially. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So how long are you in the business right now? Um, it's been, it's been about a year. So okay. uh, some of the guys, some of the guys that started the evolution commerce company that I mentioned that ultimately uh, didn't work out were basically three of us from the, that team of five became Pangea. So, you know, we've been working together for maybe two two years, yeah, two and a half years or something. But um, but in terms of actually being under the title Pangea, uh, one year. Yeah, yeah, okay. And do you all guys, because uh, you're um, uh, three co-founders, right? Uh, do you all yes. guys uh, yes. had that same uh, realization uh, in their lives to become a social entrepreneur? Do, do you know that? Or is it for everyone a little bit a different story? And who was actually the, the driver in the whole uh, the whole story? Yeah, I would say um, I, I would say probably myself in the sustainability aspect. Um, I, my university was uh, UC Davis, and in California, and it's like the most sustainable university on the planet. So I, yeah. I don't think like I didn't take a lot of like you know sustainability and environmental classes, 
but it 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 bled into everything. So like yeah. in every class you take, they do talk about like how you can be more sustainable in your future. So I think that that planted the seeds um, for me. So then when I was in Ecuador and I was in Colombia and in Latin America, I'm seeing all this garbage. And um, when I was on a beach in in Ecuador, I, I was hanging out with this, this guy invited me to the beach. He was like, yo, come hang out with me on the beach. And I'm like walking on the beach looking for- um, It was not for surfing. You know, yeah, looking for my <laughs> friend. For and I, oh, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't find him. So there's all these people sunbathing, there's people playing volleyball, I can't find him. And I keep walking further and further. And I find him like, like, you know, maybe 500 meters away from everyone else just cleaning. So then the next like four hours, we just spent cleaning the beach. And yeah. um, so, so after th that one experience, after that, it kind of reinforced the whole rest of my travels. I was always cleaning. Whenever I went to a beautiful place or if I appreciated the location, you know, I wouldn't necessarily clean in the city, but if I went to like a, you know, beach or a mountain or, or some place that was beautiful in nature. And to this day, I still clean. I'm always picking up garbage so that, that, that initial moment of seeing someone else do it made me want to do it. And I think, mm. and, and I hope with the business that other, that other people see other people cleaning and that makes them want to clean. And it, yeah. it kind of becomes this like rippling effect where, um, you know, a lot of individuals from a whole bunch of different countries around the world can join together on one thing. You know, it doesn't, it, not many people would say, I want more garbage in the ocean. I want more garbage on the no. beach. So I think it's something that really unifies people. And it's something that we can really make a difference with because it's so hard to, um, you know, how do you, how do you make broad systemic change across the planet? Like nobody really knows how to do that. And it, it's self-defeating when you try to think like, how are we going to stop all the trash from entering the ocean? But when you make it a personal thing, how can I just make sure I pick up you know, five pieces when I go and I don't contribute and, yeah. you know, a couple million people do that. I mean, that could contribute to, you know, a big policy change or governmental or business or the way businesses do business could change. So I well, think that's, I, that's kind of the hope. Yeah. I think picking up trash is one thing, but uh, making sure that there's not coming trash again into the ocean, that's another thing, right? So um, do you also work on that part uh, to, to, to re do some research and, and, and find uh, solutions uh, so that, that, that these businesses don't transport their trash anymore to uh, all these countries and, and dump it? What, 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 um, uh, yeah, how, how are you working on that part or on that side? Yeah, so, so our, our business model itself is trash negative. Like not only do we, does our product not contribute new trash, but we remove yeah, but that's, the trash. That's your, that, that's your business, but the, all the other businesses actually that are keep on dumping their trash. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think you can do about that? So we have, so I have a friend who's um, working on a bill in California that um, would essentially make single use plastics illegal. It would basically um, take away the ability for companies to create single-use plastic and then dispose of it in California. If they were to create it and sell it in California, they would need to have control over the end life cycle. So there, it would actually be their responsibility to pay for the recycling or safe disposal. So um, that bill will be on the ballot in 2022. 
and we've committed to um, using some of our funding for ad spend because it's essentially going to become an ad spend war, you know, between Pepsi and Coca-Cola and then uh, organizations who are trying to uh, eliminate single-use plastic. So when this was attempted in California last time, um, we basically banned, I say we because I'm from there, we basically banned um, single-use grocery bags. But what ended up happening, instead of using paper, which is what we were hoping a lot of um, companies and businesses would do, they started using these like heavy duty plastic bags that got thrown away anyway. And their reasoning was that, oh, well, it's not single use because it's Mm. durable enough to be used many times. But in the end, it got disposed of the same way. So it's an example of where you try to change the policy or the law and then people work their way around it. And um, you ultimately don't accomplish the goal that you wanted. But in Mm. this new bill, this new bill will um, will actually make it so that uh, the companies themselves are financially responsible for the disposal. So if let's say Pepsi single use plastic bottles are showing up on the beaches and in the streets, that's Pepsi's responsibility to uh, yeah. pay for, for that removal. So it, it really, really decentivizes them to continue uh, producing these single use plastics that have uh, no true ability to be recycled, right? Because recycling is a, is a great thing to say, but so many things are just not recycled. They're recyclable, but there's no facilities and facilities to actually do that thing. You know, it gets yeah. shipped off to China or it gets shipped off to, to many places in Asia and then ultimately just put in a different landfill. So um, I think, you know, it's possible that bill could cause some real change. We're supporting it. We'll put some uh, ad spend into it to kind of help combat the massive millions of dollars that's going to come from plastic producing companies. And, and California is like, I always hear different numbers, but fifth largest economy in the world, eighth largest economy in the world. So it, it really does have a big impact. And I've seen countries in, in Europe do this. I think Germany did it recently. They have, uh, Single-use plastic is illegal by 2022 or something. Don't quote me because I, I don't actually remember, but there are some European countries that are doing great things in terms of eliminating uh, single-use plastic. And I think uh, we're going to start to see that happen too in the United States and around the world. And and we're here to support those initiatives uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, let's dive a little bit in uh, in the business. Um, so yeah, it's it's obvious, and, and you see that you you want to make a huge impact, and and you have a great mission. Um, but to to do that, you yeah, you need to have a business that is growing, you know, and uh, and and that is able to 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 do all of that uh, with with the. The, the revenues and, and, and the profits that you make. Um, how do you um, how do you attract your ideal customers, uh, or how do you have plan to attract your ideal customers? Because if I listen to it right now, it's like yeah, you're really um, um, you're really engaging with uh, customers that are, are more uh, aware that, uh, that 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 know that the, we have to do something about uh, plastic waste and all these kind of things. Uh, but yeah, your market. I think your, your your market is is, is bigger than that. So, uh, what is your uh, plan to attract these kind of customers and to to grow your business on that? Well, so we we went um, very narrow. So when we when we started, we um, we we were all travelers, the whole group. I'll start with when we were with the company Evolution Commerce. We were we were actually selling um, microfiber towels because they were so common. You go to a hostel 
you go to a, uh, I mean, really anything that travelers go to, you know, I, I hesitate to say hotel because hotel, you don't really meet too many people, but travelers do use them, Airbnbs and things like that. But anyway, you go, you go to a hostel or you go to, you know, these kind of nomadic uh, communities and they're ubiquitous. The, the, the microfiber towels are everywhere. So we're like, okay, uh, we could sell something like that with a better design that better identifies with uh, backpackers and travelers, you know, because they weren't really designed for that purpose. They were designed as like a cleaning cloth. And then it kind of became this, like maybe a beach item or like a gym towel. And then it, you know, travelers and nomads are like, oh, hey, it's half the size of a normal towel. Well, every inch of backpack space counts. So we're going to use them. And um, then I, I found out after maybe uh, uh, maybe a month or so of us selling those or two months that they were made of plastic. I had no, I really did. We did, really didn't know. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that uh, microfibers from uh, plastic uh, material, like clothing material is like the number one contributor of microplastics in the ocean. So kind of like figuring those two things out, I kind of realized that this community, these backpackers, these travelers, they would want really nothing to do with this. Like they wouldn't want to be involved with um, like plastic usage and, and microplastics in the ocean, they identify so much with like sustainability and like going to, you know, the ocean or the, or the mountains or these beautiful places, they would much more identify with something that was not microplastic, but would um, be able to be used for the same purpose, you know, very compact, very absorbent towel that can dry quickly. I mean, there's a real need for that when you're traveling. So um, I think to answer your question, where we find these people, um, we just really have a very targeted, we're, we're built by backpackers and travelers for backpackers and travelers and, and outdoors people and campers too. But like, we're so hyper-specific that, um, you know, when we run an ad or something, it's usually pretty effective because people who are interested in traveling and, and being in the outdoors and being in nature are also very interested in uh, sustainability and cleaning up the garbage and and being a part of a solution like that. So yeah. I would say like a, a big key to our success in attracting customers is just how specific we are with, with the type of personality that we, um, that we sell to. Yeah, I see you're pretty confident in that, uh, which is uh, definitely a, a good thing. Um, let's uh, go a little bit more into the future. Um, so uh, you're now, uh, you, you had crowdfunding, you're looking for new people right now. Um, wh- where do you see yourself uh, and the company uh, in, in, in three years, for example? What is your, uh, what is your, your goal in three, to, 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 yeah, where do you want to be in three years? So we have uh, two major goals in three years. Uh, one of them is to be the biggest cleanup organization in the world when measured by diversity and reach. So essentially what that means is um, we want to have recurring cleanups every single month in every single country around the world. Um, and then our, our second major goal is to have a full lineup. So like essentially a suite, maybe like 10 products, but essentially a lineup of uh, biodegradable or now we're kind of shifting towards uh, recycled plastic products that are uh, trash negative and carbon negative. So that uh, something that I think is hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around is like, how can I, contribute to innovation and something new and stay sustainable, you know, and, and that's been a challenge because oftentimes investing in something new and different and innovative 
burns more carbon and causes more uh, pollution and things like that. So we kind of want to really fight back against that narrative that actually the best way forward is to innovate and keep improving and, and that we can achieve a sustainable future by making products that are trash and carbon negative. And if enough people follow the model, then, you know, some things can't be done, you know, laptop can't be done. But if enough people follow the model with things that can be done, we can start to have a massive impact and reverse some of these um, effects that we're now realizing, like microplastics in the ocean. That's not something we really knew about 20 years ago, or we're really concerned with. And now there's not a single fish or shrimp or anything you can find that isn't, doesn't have microplastic in it. You know, so it's it's something I think people care about and uh, and we can make a, a real difference with. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds sounds great. Um, so yeah, what is next for you as um, in, in your business, let's say on personal level? Um, I also find that important to know. So you're talking about your business and, and your, your mission, but what is for you next? Uh, and, and because, yeah, you told me that you're you're, you're traveling all the time, right? Yes, currently, currently I am. Uh, we're, I'm trying to organize some cleanups here in Ecuador and the Galapagos, so I'm here at the moment. But um, our goal next is actually, it's kind of crazy because we've, we've been working remotely for almost the last two years, but now is, is our goal is to all be together. So we want to be together, establish a headquarters, hire more people, and really scale the company. So I think something I really like to focus a lot on is our company culture and what kind of environment we're creating and with a real emphasis on on that that lateral leadership where it's like anyone can can be a leader in their own right everyone has autonomy i really don't i'm not interested in managing anybody i, I want i want people who are very very driven to the mission very very committed to um, accomplishing those goals of cleanups in every single country and uh, creating biodegradable um, sustainable products and then just kind of let them run wild, you know, kind of let the reins loose, you know, maybe give a little guide rails every once in a while. But I think that's the culture that I hope to create is one where everyone is, is everyone at, at Pangea has autonomy. They're just doing what they want to do and they yeah. like working for the company because that, because of the mission, you know, and there's not this kind of like, um, top-down leadership where anyone has to do anything. I mean, some some tasks are less enjoyable than others, you know? So, you know, I, I answer a lot of uh, customer service emails and yeah. I love it, you know, I love talking to the customers, but I mean, like anything, like social media or anything, there's people who just, you know, want to say terrible things. So, I mean, it, it can be a little draining, but that's a part yeah. of, you know, running a, the company is you got to do things you don't want to do. But at the same time, I hope, to create an environment where most people at the company are really doing what they what they love and like that that they would do it if there wasn't any money involved. I mean that, that's essentially where we've been at as founders. It's like yeah. we've been doing this for no money for a long time, and and it's the mission that kept us going. So I, I'd 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 like to create an environment where that continues, where everyone we bring in is just very mission driven, and they would do it whether or not you know there was money involved or not. So I, I think that's like the next big hurdle is the is that company culture um, piece. Yeah, 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 and that's not easy uh, to do, I guess. Uh, so you you mostly here. That's also yeah the first five people that you hire are actually the most important. Uh, but at the same time, 
it's it's um, it's also yeah that it's not always easy to find those uh, first five. You know, um, um, yeah, it's like a higher fast and fire fast. No, it's uh, what they say. Just uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, uh, it seems to be uh, quite important. Um, uh, and it's it's just important in, in, in the type of business that you have uh, if you want to start scaling everything. Mm-hmm. So um, where can uh, people find you if they want to buy a towel or maybe they have some questions uh, for you, um, some personal questions for you about your mission and, and what you want to do? Uh, how can people find you? Um, personal questions for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe they want to know more about the mission and, 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 and what you do. Or maybe they want to go to work for, uh, for the company. You, you never know, right? True. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if if you're watching this on Facebook, I guess you can just DM me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to like open up the can of worms, but uh, sure. I mean, you could DM me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, William Dorico. Maybe you can see my name um, yeah, it's your, uh, on the podcast. Um, you know. We've, in terms of the company, uh, we have an Instagram at uh, Pangea uh, Movement. Um, we have a website now that we just launched a web store. So that's uh, pangeamovement.com. Um, and we also have a YouTube. We're still working on that. But I mean, it's really just right now, it's just all our cleanup videos. But um, but yeah, I mean, also you could check if you just search Pangea bamboo towel on Google, yeah. you'll find us. So okay. uh, I, hope we're, I hope we're not that hard to find. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> No, probably, probably not with the Babu Towel, not because I was I was looking on LinkedIn and I found some other Pangea companies, and then it was Pangeo at a certain point uh, that you saw yesterday. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, if it's with the towel, you probably find it. Uh, no doubts about that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think we're at, at the end or almost at the end. Is there something else that you want to say to the audience? Um, some advice, some something you want to share? Um, yeah, I guess I guess so. I, I guess um, I feel like uh, we can all really make a difference. And uh, something I really have tried to fight a lot is like this defeatism mentality. Um, I felt it myself, and um, I, I just I hope that in as we progress into the future, more and more people can be more hopeful of the future and and feel that they can truly make an impact. You know, rather mm-hmm. than it's kind of mentality of like, oh, like, you know, why clean up plastic from the beaches? Because, you know, 11 million tons get dumped every year and it goes up every single year. I mean, that is true. And this year it'll probably be like, Mm -hmm. you know, 13 million tons. But um, there's a lot of like talk about like, why bother? And I think, um, yeah, maybe I'm going to have a, you know, maybe in my entire life with plastic removal, I'm going to have a 0.0001% impact. But that's worth it, you know, that's worth doing. And if I can do it, other people can do it. And so I, I want people to really fight that mentality that like there's there's nothing they can do because we're incredibly powerful, creative human beings. And um, I think when you're really focused on something, there's nothing that can stop you from from making some kind of change or making a difference. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. Um, thank you for sharing this, uh, William. It was, uh, I'm happy thank you, to have you here. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's continue uh, going for uh, for the, the the right mission, doing doing good, and uh, yeah, help uh, to clean this planet uh, with for all of us, you know. Um, so yeah, thanks again. Um, 
And uh, good luck, I would say, with uh, Pangea. I will really follow the company uh, very closely to see uh, how it, everything is evolving. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. All That's right. It. Thanks so much for putting this on, Hank. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. See you. <laughs> Bye. Wow, amazing story, right? Um, thanks all for listening. Thanks all for watching. Uh, I think uh, we uh, got a little bit of a deep dive in uh, what is going on on our planet in terms of plastic waste and uh, how to clean and how to solve this. Um, really uh, inspiring, really amazing conversation. Um, if you're watching this in replay, send uh, a question, send a comment, or give a like. Uh, you can do likes on YouTube, you can do likes on Facebook, um, and also on the podcast, probably you can uh, also give some likes or at least some comments. So um, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next week in the next episodes, uh, and who my guest will be, I will uh, tell you on uh, Monday. That's it. Thanks you. See you next time. Bye-bye.